Welcome to the Lovingly Conscious Podcast, a podcast in which we discuss what it means to live a conscious life with love as a central point. I believe that if we all live life consciously, make conscious decisions and take responsibility for our own lives, that the world would be a much better place with love at the forefront. That is why I created this podcast, so we can discover what it means to live that mindful and conscious life together. My name is Megan Josephine, and I'm your host today. Let this epic episode begin. Hey there, welcome to the Lovingly Conscious Podcast. It's Megan, thank you so much for being here. And today I'm talking to Indra, and Indra is a coach who uses the Enneagram and the Wheel of Totality and Vedic astrology to help people know what to do in life, find answers about why we are here. And I absolutely love the system of the Enneagram and I'm also really into astrology. I don't really know the Wheel of Totality and it's also not something we talk about much, but he definitely goes into depth uh, into astrology and into the Enneagram. He starts talking about uh, planets in houses for in astrology. And I know that's something that's really not necessarily for a beginner. So if you are a beginner, um, if you talk about astrology, we have all sorts of planets in all sorts of houses. So, for example, our sun sign would be the, the month that you are usually born in. So if you look at Western astrology, that would be for me, I was born in late July. So that would be Leo. But Vedic astrology looks at that slightly differently. Um, our sun signs apparently are have shifted throughout the years and I would be a Cancer in Vedic astrology. So that's really interesting. And then you also have your moon sign, your ascendant. Your ascendant is the same as your rising sign. Next to that, you have planets in signs. So for example, in Western astrology, my Mercury would be in a certain sign too. For example... Scorpio. I'm not quite sure if that is Scorpio though. Um, so that's really quite complicated. So if you're not really into astrology, then maybe you can look it up. Um, but we also talk about the Enneagram and he really goes into depth in that. So an Enneagram is a, a way that we can learn to communicate with one another. So it's a archetype quiz in which you answer questions and then you can see what type of person you are um according to the enneagram and for me i am a four um indra at the beginning before we started the interview he said my intuition tells me you're a six but i all the tests i've done before this interview in my life um were all a four so i thought i'd do another test and that came out to four again and the six was actually one of the lowest marks so i don't think i'm a six i'm really quite sure i'm a four um sometimes the outside can be slightly different than what happens on the inside and Ross, for example, is a seven with a wing eight. Um, and that's all quite complicated. I'm not going to explain that all to you now. That's what Indra is going to be doing in the interview. So Indra, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom. And I hope you guys love this episode. So let's just dive into it. Hi, Indra. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, Megan. No problem. Um, question number one that I have for you is which conscious choice have you made today? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I have a little problem with this question is, is that I, I stopped making choices many, many years ago because that's all with the mind. The And conscious isn't part of the mind. Conscious. So then there's unconscious choices. Is, is that right? And so 
I don't know what an unconscious choice is. Everything has consciousness. So, so do you mean a conscious practice? Well, then, you know, not holding anything is a conscious practice that I, that I try to do, that I'm doing every moment. So not holding anything, not holding an opinion, not holding a, 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 a thought, not holding a position, not holding uh, a hurt, not holding a resentment, not holding anything that because because everything is temporal and and uh, there's there's no there's nothing to hold on to. It's all ideas. It's all uh, constructs. It's all mental. And and the spiritual path for me after 50 years is 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 not a mental process. That is part of the process. But the idea is to get out of my thinking and to get into my being. That 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 the that the the con the choice there is no choice because there's there's only there's only God there's only divinity and it's and you can make it temporal as far as not yet but the fact is that, that there is no choice that 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 uh, living our highest is the only choice we have. Can you explain that a bit further? How can how can it happen that there is no choice? Because if you're telling me this, my brain is like, oh my god, how is there no choice? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the brain, yeah, so the, don't listen to the brain, but the idea is what's the other choice? Your intuition? That's, 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 the, that's the choice. Intuition is, is the feeling that is the choice, but what is the other choice? Non-intuition? Well, that's only temporal. The choice is the only choice is that, 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 that they say, well, you, they say, well, you fall off the path. The spiritual path. Well, where where can you go? What's the other choice besides besides the spiritual path? The 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 physical the physical plane path. Well, that's that's not a choice. That's that's the that's what you do until you get back to the only choice. So, are you saying that we're always walking a spiritual path, no matter which which choice? No. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, what's the other <laughs> yeah. choice? Yeah. Well. I, don't, I guess there isn't one. <laughs> this, is, this is really interesting. <laughs> well, thank you for challenging me on that one. Hey, I'd love to hear about your story. Tell me about your story. How did you become such a spiritual person and what made you the person that you are today? Well, uh, what made me a spiritual person is that I'm a spiritual person. So I don't know what made me. It's just that that's what we are. And so the other choice would be that we think that we're not a spiritual person, but that's only until we realize that we are spiritual and there is no other choice. And so this, the story is, as I started, uh, uh, when I moved to California uh, in uh, 1970, I started, uh, uh, there was metaphysical bookstores or metaphysical. I went to a metaphysical bookstore and I started reading spiritual books and I started really reading books on astrology at the time. And uh, then, uh, you know, then I, 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 I found a guru and I lived in a spiritual community for 20 years. And, and then I left to, uh, to, I say, I graduated. It was time for me to to develop my to develop the path to develop myself in different ways and i started traveling uh, i was a world traveler for 20 years i've only been in the u.s one winter since 98 except for these covid years and uh, 
what made me is is that uh, you know what they say the cream rises to the top you know i can't say what made me i can only say that that the um the truth of things you know i guess the truth of things nothing made me but the truth of things just uh became it became more and more a um the direction that felt right the way to be and then everything else falls away can you explain that truth which one that everything else falls away yeah well yeah the thing is is that our our bad habits that we can put a lot of conscious choosing into not developing our quote unquote bad habits. But the thing is, is that as you, as you hang with higher vibration people and you hang and you do higher vibration things, then, then your lower vibration things don't really have the same meaning to you. And they disappear, they disappear automatically that, that the, that the, that, uh, you know, what I might say, low vibration people that you knew in in high school, uh, they're not in your life anymore. And you don't have to consciously choose it because it just happens automatically. That as you as your energy changes, as your vibration raises and the things that were, it doesn't mean like, let's say you were, uh, you know, the thing is drinking. So it doesn't mean you don't have a drink, but it may be one drink socially rather than uh, a lifestyle and so it's not that you can't do anything you know the the indian gurus uh, love to you know uh, when uh ramdas uh took his acid to his uh, neem karoli baba in india he said what's this medicine the neem karoli said what's this medicine you take and nobody told him yeah. he knew so they said oh well it's acid and here it is so they gave him a few pills to show him and he just whoop, you know and they said oh my god he's this is the end of him you know i just found him yeah. and he's an enlightened being and he's going to leave my life and he he did nothing nothing happened to him he just took it and it just was nothing so so there's nothing you can't do it's the attitude you do things with it's not about what you do and and so you choose the or you feel into the truth and then automatically all the things that are right even if there even is a right yeah or there wrong. isn't there isn't right or wrong and and whatever is for you is what happens is what appears i i would i this i guess i i say this started i can't say exactly but i say this started when i was traveling overseas and i would be working in foreign cities and i would i was a, a trader i would buy uh, spiritual items, jewelry, textiles, singing bowls, and bring them back to the U.S. I did that 12 years, and and so I would I'd have to plan that I was going to be in uh, 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 Kuala Lumpur for four days, and and so at the end of three and a half days, I had done everything that I could figure out to do in order to scope out and to buy. Uh, spiritual uh, to items that I wanted to buy handicrafts is, is what it was handmade handicrafts and and so then the idea is well what do I want to do so I got the, I developed the the technique I shouldn't really say I developed the technique I started just sitting there 
And so the idea was, well, what do I want to do? So do I want to go back to the room and sleep? Do I want to go to a museum? Do I want to walk around? Do I want to go to the beach? Do I want to sit in a restaurant and, and eat and, and, and just, you know, you can soak up far and you soak up hours in restaurants. And I, and I said, well, they're all good, but I don't really know. I don't want to make a decision with my mind because, because that, um, because that's a mental decision. So what I did is I just sat there and I just waited until I knew what I felt like I wanted to do. That it was, I won't say appropriate because it's, because then there's inappropriate and I'm not so into that either, but there was just a feeling of what the right thing was. And so the, and not right and wrong, but just the, the, the righteous thing for that moment. And, and one time it could have been, it could have been hiking and it could have been exploring and another time it could have been sleeping and another time it could have been eating. It didn't really matter. It, it doesn't really matter. The, the, the thing is, is, is to be in the peace of, you know, that, oh, well, I chose the museum, but really later on, I realized oh, I really wanted to sleep. And so, and so if you use your intuition, then you don't second guess. Follow what's in alignment and what sparks joy at that moment. Right. Is that basically, yeah, is that how you could describe it? That's what I've been practicing myself a bit more to follow what's, what sparks joy instead of what your ego, what the ego tells me what I have to do. Yeah. So the idea is I don't want, I don't want the ego to tell me what to do because the ego is not who I am. It's who I identify with until mm -hmm. I don't, but it's not mm -hmm. who I am. And so, and exactly. so it's, it's, it's um, it, it's not free. It's 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 got a program. It's got a decisions. It's got a a, a focus, and uh, I'm not so much interested in that. No, more interested in flow. The yeah, uh, being. Being mm, beautiful. Heart, heart's truth. We another way we call it is heart's truth. Heart's truth. Wow. That's a beautiful way of saying it. Wow, I feel that one. Um, you are your own boss and I absolutely love that. How do you make your beautiful contribution to the world? Because I've already found the conversation before the interview <laughs> really, really interesting. So tell me, tell me about this. <laughs> so what is the, say again, the last part? How, how do I make a mm. contribution to the world? By, yeah. by yeah. you know, I love the Facebook 101. You want to change the world, change yourself. So I, I live my truth. And, and, and so why, why the, the modalities I use as an astrologer? I've been studying astrology 50 years. Why did it take me the last eight years to become a professional astrologer? Because it wasn't the right time. Because I didn't have, I didn't have a way that was my own. I didn't have my own expression. I could, I could talk astrology, but I couldn't talk it from my gut. I couldn't, I didn't have a way that was my own expression. And, and that own expression is what I uh, I'm interested in sharing. I'm not interested in necessarily talking about astrology as such, because most of astrology, I don't actually believe. I mean, I don't disbelieve it, but I mean, I believe as a Vedic astrologer, the astrology of India, I didn't mean to get all the way into this, is when the Western astrologer says it's uh, it's full moon in Leo, the Le most likely the, the moon isn't in Leo, it's in Cancer. And so what am I going to do with that truth? 
and and then it goes from there and so so the thing is is that uh, that uh, how i can't say the process is was just was just developing and uh you know a late bloomer I'm, i kind of feel like a late bloomer which isn't to say that i didn't have success in my previous life uh you know i was successful in business and did a lot of business but and i still do my business but i don't do it in the way that i did and it's not about the business it's about it's about um it's about communicating from the heart that's what it's about and then everything else flows from that that's so beautiful speak speak what feels ah oh. That's cool. And so you you work with Vedic astrology and with Enneagram, right? Absolutely. Could you explain both of those? Sure. Uh, well, Vedic astrology is astrology of India. It's it's uh, similar to Western uh, astrology. Uh, the main differences is that we cast the chart twenty four degrees difference. And why is this? Is because the 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 West and this is the this is interestingly enough this is the most important point. It's also the hardest to understand, and it's and being most important um, and hard to understand. Most Western astrologers uh, don't don't even understand why they cast the chart the way they do. But in Western astrology, we use tropical we use the tropical timing, and the tropical is the relationship between the sun and the earth. And the relationship between the sun and the earth is the seasons. And so Aries zero is, is March 21st every year. But in Vedic astrology, we take into account on the earth and we look at the sun and then we look at the sky behind the sun. And the sky behind mm -hmm. the sun is changing every year because the sun is on a on the procession of the equinox. It's a 26,000 year, year cycle through the cosmos, through the, uh, the universe. And so, um, and so the sky behind is different. And um, it's 72 years is one degree. The two systems were about the same when they were started about 400 AD. And now we're 24 degrees difference. And so everybody moves backwards 24 degrees. And so if you're Leo 24 degrees or less, then you become a cancer. And uh, so so I'm I'm July 28. Would that mean I'm a Cancer instead of a Leo? Uh, mo yeah, most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I'm a I'm a, a July 13th, and I'm a cuspy uh, Gemini for Sun. Mm. Mm, yeah. And oh, yeah, and they got the rest of the planets. Yeah, so all of the planets move, and the rising sign moves us. And for some people it can mean that the planets are in different houses. For some people, it's the same. And, and so the chart can, can, can change quite a bit. And so some people go through a, a process of adjusting to this new identity, but, but it's, um, you know, if you were, uh, you know, you say you're at your parents' house, so you, you go from being adult at your house and now you're the, you're the kid again at your parents' house. You know, you, 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 you're single and you're who you are and then you get married and maybe you change your name and then who you are then. And so, you, so all of these, we have these different personas. I, I like to think of the different charts as having a different vibration. And so, and so for what I want to do, which is to help people to wake up to who they really are, uh, beyond the mind, beyond the personality, that's who we think we are. Um, I find that the, the Vedic chart 
um, the, particularly the way that I do it, it has a very high vibration there that I'm interested in where the planets are and their strengths and weaknesses because that helps us to know what it is that we're trying to overcome. Beautiful. And then you can define that according to the Vedic astrology and the way, well, the, the date of birth, I guess. Yeah, the date of birth and the time and the place, it's all the same. Uh, the, the, there are some different meanings between the planets and the houses and the signs, but I don't consider that particularly important because the Western don't agree with the Western and the Vedic don't agree with the Vedic. And if the Western and the Vedic don't agree, that's, that's just part of it. I mean, uh, I've come to realize in astrology that, that everything has some truth in it. It doesn't mean yeah, that I, yeah. it doesn't mean that I follow it, but if somebody yeah. says so-and-so, 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 that it may very well be true for them, even if it doesn't feel like it's true for me. Or, well, exactly. or, and if you... or true in a way that I want to bring it into my astrology. Mm, yeah, because if you look at the amounts of religions we've got on the world, I mean, it can't, it can't mean that one is right and the rest is all wrong. It's every bit of it has a part of truth in it. And what's true for me cannot be true for you and that's okay and living your own truth and being conscious of your own truth I find is very important because if you know what you find true that will also shape your life to be what it is right well there are uh I think you're talking about small t truths but I think on capital t truths they're all the same but that doesn't mean that you're living there or you realize it yet but the capital t truth is truth so what's a small teacher and what's a capital teacher? Well, I would say a small tea, uh, a small tea truth is, is that uh, British, English tea is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> and something I need to have many times a day. <laughs> yeah, that's a small tea truth. Uh, a large tea truth is, is that is, is that uh, love is everywhere. But if you're not feeling mm. love in your heart, you say, well, no, love isn't everywhere but love is there you're just blocking it wow and then you could help people with vedic astrology or with the enneagram to maybe look for that love or see that love is all around already well i use the modalities mostly basically to help people to find out their barriers to love if that's mm. the truth we're looking at what are the barriers you know love love uh, could be could be venus love could be love could be self uh love the love that everybody ascribes to venus i think is in every planet i don't that's a that's a mundane love that's you know the the, the divine love is, is every planet i i should say that divine love is every planet but this sticky love that's venus and i don't love has comparisons and judgments in it so to me venus is about on the high side is about integrity and the low side is about judgments and criticalness and comparisons and envy and greed it's a really sticky planet and and so the the modalities are used in order to express i place you in your life uh, by by helping you understand what the barriers are mm. that's really handy the self imposed barriers i should say they're not universal uh, barriers i mean they're universal in that in that many people had the same patterning but they're not yeah. universal in in the sense of um that we have to be that we have to succumb to them mm. 
Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of the things we, all the barriers we create, experiencing life, thinking this is how it is, and it doesn't have to necessarily be that way. It could also be different. Um, so can you explain a bit about the Enneagram? Yeah, I just want to say, and that realizing that you don't have to be limited by it is, that's freedom. Freedom isn't yeah. being able to do whatever you want. Freedom is, freedom is, is, is to not be limited in your poss in the possibility. So the enneagram of per enneagram is a is a, enneagram is comes from Greek. It means a nine sided figure, and it's a it's a series of three geometric shapes that combine that have nine points. And at these these points, you can put many different objects. Gurdjieff, who's the one that gave us the uh who was a incredible spiritual one of the first new age teachers a hundred years ago that the young people have kind of loved the young people when i do the podcast they they go i've never heard of them but uh, which is okay but uh he was big in my youth and uh uh not that i was young a hundred years ago it just feels that way but um but anyways, he, he put planets at the points, he put uh, musical notes, he put foods, but he didn't put personalities because I believe that while psychology was known, it wasn't codified until the 20s and 30s. And, and so it was a student student who put uh, the personalities there. He was a psychologist and also very spiritual about 60 years ago. And he developed the Enneagram of Personality, which are the nine arch personality archetypes. And so while there are a lot of archetypal systems, I consider this to be the archetypal system. This is the undoing of the two to 5,000 year of the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, a conditioning, a crappy behavior that gets passed down from family to family. And so in, in under, in uh, psych, psycho, it's an incredible psychological tool because it helps us to know ourselves better and it helps us to have better relationships, but it's an, in, in, but it's an, uh, it's a, um, as a spiritual tool, it is unique because it has no bias and it helps us to come back into the moment. It helps us to get rid of our story and helps us to live in our live in the moment. Yeah, what I find handy about it is that, well, I, I don't really have many people around me yet who know the Enneagram, but I can imagine that if you know, okay, so this person is an eight, for example, and you are a two and the common, like the the way you communicate is just can be very different and then you can understand a bit more how someone comes from like a certain direction because that's just um how you could understand the other person better and yourself better and communication and life could just be so much easier if you use it well i'm yeah easier i think more understandable you know life easier i can't say but uh, more understandable and and i like to say that my uh my ex-wife, we were together 25 years and loved each other, but we didn't really understand each other being a two and a seven, my being a seven, my ex-wife a two. But when we got the Enneagram at the end, then we understood each other much better in ways that we never understood each other before. And, and so, yeah, you, you understand the, the patterning of the personalities. You understand that it's their story talking, it's not them talking. And so you have more compassion for them than you have more compassion for yourself. You have more compassion. You understand that it's, that it's programming and that, and that you, you all of a sudden, um, you know, like a, like a, you know, 
like a trip, like a like a uh, like a, a Ram Dass and his acid pills. You, it's like a trip in that you that that the, you you like whoa, you know, you get this larger point of view, and like the small stuff disappears. Mm, yeah, exactly. And so, could you maybe explain one until nine? Like what? Sure. Shortly, you don't have to do. It. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So 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 the I, I like to say that there there are three core instincts. Uh, or three centers of intelligence. That's fear, anger, and emotion. And while we have all three of them in us, one of them is at our core. And then there are three reactions to energy coming toward us. There are those that go toward it. Those are called extroverts. There are those that pull back from it. They're called introverts. And there are those that live in neutral. So this is an actively active neutral. This is three, six, and nine. And, and they're... Uh, they are the quality control. They, they take care of quality control. The three make sure that things are produced. The six make sure that things are loyal, that, that things are uh, secure. And the nine make sure that there's peace. So three reactions times three core instincts gives us nine unique energetic Enneagram vibrational signatures. And while we use the numbers, there's no hierarchy in the numbers, but, uh, but they're very handy and they're, everyone has names but but not everybody uses the same name. So the anger types are eight, nine, and one. Eight is the outward and one is the inward and nine is neutral. So eight is the is the boss. That's the most uh, aggressive on the uh, on the uh, spiritual scale. It's all offense and no defense. They don't want you to know that they have a teddy bear in their heart. So they cover that up because they feel vulnerable there by all offense. The one is the introvert. They're the perfectionist. They feel um, inadequate. And so they want everything to be done right. How do they know what's right? They make it up and it's changeable. Mm. And the nine is the peacemaker. That's the neutral place. They, they uh, have, uh, they, um, they disengage from themselves. They, they want, uh, they want uh, uh, peace. If they don't have peace, then their nervous system is really, is really uh, compromised. It's really difficult for them. And so they, the fact is, is that they, they want to connect. So they disconnect with other people by accommodating, but they lose themselves in this, in this disconnection. And so we talk about it from the negative side because it's a lot easier to describe them from the negative side. They're all junky. They're, none of them are particularly easy. The high side is that the eight helps us to helps us to come into our power. The one helps us to know that there's a higher truth, and the nine helps us to feel uh, real peace. So the the emotion types are two, three, and four. A two is the is the uh, outward, and four is the inward, and one and three is the neutral. A two is the helper who helps other people because they don't feel worthy of love themselves. And so they, they, they create codependencies in order to be able to, to get the, the love that they're missing within themselves. The, the four as the inward is the individualist. They're the most sensitive. They use adjectives uh, like nobody else in the Facebook uh, world does. And they're descriptive and they're sensitive and they can feel the joy in sadness just as much in the joy and happiness and um they're the songwriters you know, michael jackson and dylan and uh whitney houston and uh uh aretha could be a four I'd say that she isn't i read that more recently 
but anyways that type of person that type of personality so creative and and yet uh, not needing anything from the world in the sense that they they feel everything within themselves that's the issue the three is the producer that they feel that they don't that they're that they're that they don't feel worthwhile and so they they create uh, achievements in order to and status in order to feel whole within themselves so that leaves the fear types five six and seven five is the inward that's the uh the observer they gather information in order to feel whole uh, because of their own feelings of inadequacy um the seven is the enthusiast and and they run from greener pastures i i come to find out that i'm not actually running toward i'm actually running away from my feelings i'm not running towards something it looks i make it look like i'm running towards something and it's really fun but the fact is is that uh, push comes to shove is i'm actually running away from my feelings and then the six is the loyalist they are the neutral type they they have doubt and they have anxiety and they have um <clears throat> they they um, and they need security and they they do that by being very detail oriented and very attuned they're they're incredibly uh intuitive and sensitive but they the thing is that they could feel that there's a a, a cone in the road five miles away but it really doesn't matter because they're not five miles away most of what they worry about never happens 90, <laughs> 95 plus percent of what they worry about never happens. And so their, their, their challenges is to, is to develop the faith to just leap the gorge of doubt. Mm, that's really interesting. I'm really doubting what I am now because you're, you're saying about the inward, the outward and the neutral. I'm definitely more a neutral. I'm not extrovert. I'm not introvert. I'm ambivert. I'm in the middle. I can be both. And, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do those quizzes again. I'm not sure if I'm a four now or if I'm a six. <laughs> I'm a doubter. Okay, okay, I'm excited. But this is really interesting. Thank you so much for talking about that. Because if if I could have anyone over here do that quiz, I would really recommend you do it because it really can help you like get through life a bit more practically, like you said it, not like more easily. But um, how did you say that a second ago? I don't know. It comes and goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, what it helps us to do is it, it helps us to understand the patterns. You know, it helps us to yeah. to realize yeah. that that we, we are a patterned nature. That we realize it's it's like it makes you it makes you feel small, but not inconsistent, not incons insignificant. It makes you realize that your that your personality is a is a is a reaction to processes it's a reaction on a on a level because you're holding positions i, I love this term recently i read this term uh, well i'd heard this term positions a few years ago but i read in a book recently that uh, positionality rather than personality rather than ascribing to a personality which means that we are defining ourselves by being a person by peeing these these attitudes i'm trying to let go of all the attitudes and so what we have as a per, as a positionality is is that we have these positions that we hold on to we have these ideas that we hold on to we have these uh these ways of being that we hold on to and when we let go of those then we go into the void and this is you know so then it's so you know there'll be nothing in the void well 
come to find out that there's everything in the void and and what is everything everything is the is the is the is the completeness of nothing wow that's huge i'm just letting that sink in for a moment so what's the meaning of life then <laughs> if if there's the nothing well, the me the meaning of life is is to is to create is to be in your own in your own talents in your own expression, not because they're unique, though they are unique. Not because everybody's is unique. It's not that we are unique and that we are uh, uh, unlike everybody. We are similar to everybody, but we are. Uh, a different combination of those criteria of the criteria of tall, short, uh, you know, smart, uh, silly, funny, you know, serious, you know, whatever it is. We got our own combination: red hair, blue hair, black hair. You know, it's just a different combination. Two eyes, the same color. Two eyes, different colors. It's just a different combination. It's not any better or any worse. Yeah, in your twenties. It feels that way in 30s and 40s and, 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 and until you let go of it, until you, and, and in your 70s, when you forget, you know, when you get a big issue, then you go back to your, your stories, you go back to your limitations and then you, and then you, you, you know, hopefully instantly or relatively instantly say, that's, that's not true. <laughs> You know, Can you explain that a bit more. Well, you go, I'm small, I'm stupid, and then you go, oh, well, that's not right. I'm not stupid. I, 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 I may have been ignorant about a point. I may have done something that I'm not proud of. I may have done something that I wish I had done differently. Uh, I, 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 I'd like to redo that, but I'm not stupid, and I'm not uh, insignificant, and I'm not. Um, small i'm just making myself small and i'm feeling myself stupid i'm labeling myself i'm just using those as examples but why does that happen in your 70s again then because you forget you forget what you forget like you forget your higher self you forget uh you slip from con from being conscious you slip from you're, you're not it's not that the consciousness disappears but you but you overlay it you know you don't see the cake anymore because you put frosting on it where'd the cake go mm -hmm. so you just go back to the human a bit more instead of the spiritual being that's within you is that how i could well i don't know that i'd say more i'd say human uh because human is all of them you know you're not when you're spiritual you're still human but i would say that you but the but the 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 um the the unconscious ways of being become um, that you you attach to those right yeah so you go back to the attachment back to the back to back to attachments it doesn't right. matter what the okay. attachment is it's the process of attachment no. that is holding yeah. a position that is a positionality and that's how you define yourself and that's what we need to let go of in order to be the in order to live in the consciousness that we are mm -hmm. that it's a it's about letting go of the attachments yeah i guess that's one of the challenges or could be one of the challenges in life right uh 
I would say that is the challenge. I mean, there's obviously people that don't have enough to eat. There's obviously people that have uh, have uh, bad bad body health. I don't know why that came out difficultly. But bad <laughs> body health. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's people that are, that are born with difficulties, you know, um, not full legs or, or a kinds of things or, or, or addicted parents or something, you know, and, uh, you know, alcoholic parents is definitely challenges, but, um, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, so you say, well, well, how did you get to, how did this happen? So, so, uh, the, the thing is, is that I, I, I would say in my early twenties, maybe even earlier, I got to the realization that when you walked in a room, you could feel energies that were beyond on the physical plane level that you could feel mm -hmm. energies that seemed bigger than what you were experiencing on the physical plane level. And so as soon as you're open to the idea that there's something bigger, to me, that's the Pandora's box that anything is possible. Yeah. And, and so, and so I, I, I guess in essence, 50 plus years later, I'm still exploring that possibility, you know, those possibilities. The, the idea is, is that, is that there are, you know, ETs, it's possible that there's angels, that there's different plane level planes, the causal plane, the, the uh, ethereal plane, the causal plane, and other planes that we can't even, we can't even understand with our mind. We think, oh, well, that can't be because the mind can't understand it. Well, silly us to think, to, to, to limit ourselves to what the mind can understand, because when we use the, the gut, when we use the intuition, the feelings, then anything is possible. And, and in that anything is possible, then, um, then anything, anything is, is possible. possible. And, and that takes yeah. your breath away. It does. It does. I've been trying to live in synchronicity more because it feels good, not because I want to force myself that way. And the things that come up and just flow out of there is just amazing so see and the track so synchronicity doesn't have an on off switch no so it's always there and so it's only that it's, we're we're yeah. open to it it's not that it comes and yeah. goes it's only that it feels like it comes and goes because we're not yeah because we're not living in it but the fact is is that uh, as i said we get on we, we get on the broadcast here and and the sky outside my window that I'm looking at and the sky outside your window that I can see look the same. But yours is going from light to dark and you've got the dark now. Mine is now really is much brighter than it was because I'm going from dark to light and it looks like it's the same. But in fact, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. It's a mirror opposite. It's a mirror image. And it's like it's like the synchronicity, the synchronicity of our connection from from day one was already there. And it's and it's only whether you feel it or not. It's not about whether it's there or not. And it's a completely different uh mind f to think that 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 you're limiting yourself that you're you're only limiting yourself it's not about that it's not there it's that you're only limiting yourself each and every moment exactly and that as soon as you allow yourself to let it flow in and observe the synchronicities that happen happen around you that so it's you see it's them. not that you let yourself flow in it's that you 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 stop the blocking 
it's already flowing in, but you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And and the wording, I got to say that the wording is uh, really important. That 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 I had a teacher in India that that she was exquisite with her wording and and taught us about not trying and not, and no shoulds and no coulds and just letting go. If you, you don't try, just do. You know, it's Yoda from the seventies. You know. So the thing is, is that the, the, the languaging is really important because we hold ourselves back. Uh, well, I don't want to say we hold ourselves back, but the reality is that we're held back by our languaging, uh, by uh, the, the, the ideas that things aren't already there, that we can't, that it wouldn't be right, that no one would appreciate it that this and this and this and this. So this, this is, we have to let go of all that. And that's a, that's a lifetime practice. Yeah, it is a lifetime practice. And it's fun to recognize certain thoughts that come up and then you're like, oh, wow, okay, I've been doing that for a long time. And then, yeah, the practice of maybe trying to re reframe that way of talking. That's really, really, I find it fun. Yeah, reframe the way of talking and then reframe the, the listening, you know, where you get your what you're going to say, you know, is it from the mind or is yeah. it from the gut? Is it is it is it that uh, so so they say, well, you know, like I like to say I like to do the podcast, but I have no idea why I do them. But the fact is mm. that as a seven, I tend to figure out what I'm thinking by what I say. And so in doing podcasts, I'm branding myself. I'm getting branded because I don't know what I'm going to say and I don't know who I am, but, but I get mirrored back to us. So what are, what's the importance of relationships? The relation importance of relationships is, is that you, you, um, that people mirror you. And so you reflect mm -hmm. back to me who you think I am, which helps me to get an idea of who I am, uh, which I don't, um, I don't uh, take a picture of it and pin it on the wall, but it's, it's part of an unfolding process. Yeah, it is. And without the other, we wouldn't be who we are. So it's always in combination with the other person that we get to discover who we are, which I always find interesting. It's a very interesting process. Well, there's a lot of counterintuitive in life. This is one of these counterintuitives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I've got four short questions for you. You can answer as long or as short as you want. Um, number one is which subject should we teach um, at schools all over the world? Which subject should we teach all over the world? Well, Maybe should is not the right word, but in the, yeah, inderdaz, wow, that was a Dutch word in between. Yes, um, which subjects would we be able to do make mandatory at school and schools all over the world? So uh, uh, we had a, in, the, in the community, we had a, 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 an education, a, a living life education that they wanted to teach, that they taught. And, and it's not about the subjects, it's about how to live life it's a, it's about who you are it's about who you not are it's all the things that you learn in your 20s and 30s that's what yeah. should be in the schools mm. yeah way earlier i agree with that yeah 
I mean, I remember, I remember being in college and it was, it was all the relationship stuff that you learned. I mean, the subjects were interesting, you know, but the, the relationship stuff was all really interesting. And then in the, in my early twenties, I was living in a commune and it was all of the, I used to say that the, that the, the point of thin walls is so that you can, you can tell things to people, but not directly, that they could hear you through the thin walls. And so, and so we, we learned, we learned about um, being people and being hurt and being, and being betrayed and finding out that the, the sun came up, you know, they said, they said when I was in, I was in India before the millennium and they said, that the Dalai Lama said that before the millennium, the sun comes up and after the millennium, the sun comes up. And so the fact is that life goes on. And this is the thing to learn is that we have the worst that could happen and the sun still comes up. Yeah. And, and that's what we, that's, that's the lesson that we need to learn. Yeah. Is that it'll always be useful. Which book is a book that you would recommend to everybody to read? So book, well, Autobiography of a Yogi, Paramahansa Yogananda, that's a, a spiritual classic that's for, for everybody. It, it's brought perhaps more people to the spiritual path than any book written in 1946. Yogananda was the first Indian master to live in the U.S. He lived in the U.S. for 30 years. He passed on in 52. Mm -hmm. He was, he's been my teacher since finding the book in 71 or 72. Uh, that's a good book. Um, I've been reading David Hawkins, uh, Letting Go. He's got a lot of books. Who's David Hawkins? Well, he's a man that died about uh, eight or ten years ago. He was he was realized he he realized at three years old he he understood the nature of who he was, and uh, he he has some really interesting teachers that, teachings that I've been lately getting into. But this book, Letting Go. I really uh, have been getting into. Uh, let me give you the quote, letting go involves being aware of a feeling, letting it come up, staying with it and letting it run its course without wanting to make it different or do anything about it. Yeah. It means simply to let the feeling be there and to focus on letting out the energy behind it when letting go, ignore all thoughts. Yeah. That's also the teaching within, I've been trained in mindfulness and that's also very much the teachings we have in mindfulness. And it's, it's been a really, really life-changing practice for me in my life to just let things be instead of forcing them out or it's uncomfortable. So I don't want to feel it. It's such a powerful, powerful tool. So true. Thank you for sharing those two books. Um, which show, film or documentary would you recommend to us to watch? So uh, I'm not I don't uh, I'm not much up on show documentary or film, but I was thinking that music is is a language mm -hmm. that I would recommend. Uh, I do believe in chanting and uh, mantras, and uh, they don't have to be Hindu; they can be English. But the thing is, there's a higher vibration in in the, this kind of music. The 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 pop music can be can be inspiring because it's uh, but it gets our emotions going and so it's it's good to get going with pop music but the spiritual music anything that you can hang out with that has the highest vibrations and then the other thing i would suggest is satsangs which are spiritual gatherings 
to hang around with teachers that are that have wisdom. They don't have to be your teachers. And it doesn't mean that what everybody listens to doesn't have to be yours, but whether it's Muji, who is uh, easy to find on the internet or or whether it's Alan Watts or whether it's Ram Das or, or a Satguru or a thousand other people. Some of them aren't as good. Some of them are kind of uh, pushy, uh, not pushy, but um, they're not as pure, but, but, um, but, you know, they probably will teach us, teach you things, but the idea is to hang with people that have a higher, a high, higher vibration uh, to, that they have higher teachings. And so, and so you can take the teachings without taking their personality. You can not like what they do, but you, but you can still like what they say. And so I would recommend that uh, th those things are what I would recommend either of those yeah i'd like to add one to that actually it's um heather from activation vibration she is such a beautiful soul and she um has all sorts of meditations but also um affirmations that she puts in songs and everything and she channels light language and that's a language you can't physically understand as in it's not a language you recognize from planet earth but you can feel it and it's so high vibe. So I'd like to add that one onto the list. It just popped up after you saying spiritual music. That's such beautiful spiritual music that she made. So thank you for sharing, sharing those um, tips. And then last but not least, what's your tip for living a life in love? For living a life in love. Well, be love, love yourself, feel gratitude. Mm. How, do we do that? How do we do that? Practice. I think we do it by being in higher vibration. I think we do it by letting go of our stories. I mean, it's already there mm. again. It's just covering up, uh, mm. covering up what makes us think that it isn't there. So um, how to live a life in love is to be love, is to be in love. It's not about love as an attitude. It doesn't need an object. And most of the boy girl stuff isn't really about love because we're mostly looking for and uh, we're looking for uh, we're looking for neediness we're looking for feeling good we're looking for this that 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 and the other thing my my wife my wife now who's dutch by the way uh, uh, so good on you uh that half of you so uh yeah we don't we don't she's not into astrology you know couldn't doesn't want to hear it at all but but she she totally supports my doing it and and her appreciation of whatever whatever serves me gives me the space to be able to do it it's not about mm -hmm. her understanding it and listening to it she will read something uh when i ask her to proof but it isn't that that's uh, what how she vibrates and the things that she some of the things that she vibrates on i don't really get into either but i we don't need each other to do that what we do do we give yeah. each other is that loving support for whatever it is that enables us to you know like the like the the like the mom who you know, gets the kid ready for school and puts the raincoat out in the rain and pushes them to get out there and walk the block to school and say, have a great day. You know, that 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 love and support that that, that is behind uh, her energy. And it isn't about her 
listening to me rattle off about astrology because she is not interested in that. And I don't need her to be. Yeah. It's beautiful how you say that. You can just coexist and support each other and love each other whilst also living the life that feels in alignment with you. Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Indra. How can people work with you? Where can they find you? And I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, so I, I offer life readings. I use the Enneagram, which I've been working with over 20 years and with astrology and this third modality, the Wheel of Totality, which helps us to know our blind spots or places of ignorance. Uh, I use that in life readings. Uh, people can contact me. I have a website, indrarinsler.com. I have Gmail, indrarinsler at gmail.com. Uh, people can contact me there. I like to give a show offer that I'm happy to send you your uh, Vedic chart to anybody. You need to send me your um, uh, uh, birth date, time, and place. Email me and I will send you back your chart and a little bit of a chart to explain how you read the chart. And also the thought occurred to me uh, that I can send you the Enneagram test too that I use. It's a five or 10 minute test. It doesn't work for everybody because there are people that, uh, there are people who are set up to where their Enneagram is really clear. And then there are people whose Enneagram isn't so clear. And there's a few people who may never get their Enneagram. They, 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 this, this Enneagram story is, is born into you. I can see it in your, in your, in your uh, birth chart, it's not about anything your parents did. They pushed the buttons of your Enneagram story, but they didn't create that story. So it's already in, in you. So that's a, another freebie that if you just write me, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I do readings all over the world. The, the rates are reasonable and on sliding scales. It's for people who, who need to help to understand who they are, who they think they are, and who are looking for to deepen their spiritual life and to and to deepen their understanding of of themselves and and what's going on. That is so kind of you. Thank you so much, Indra, for offering that in the in this episode. That's really very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been very very interesting and so different than most of the conversations I've had before, which I love. So. Thank you for being here and um, for sharing all your knowledge and your wisdom. Okay, well, it's not my knowledge, Megan. It's just knowledge. Knowledge that you have acquired and shared with us. <laughs> so I thank you so much for having me and, and being who you are because you're, you're, I don't know if you're holding space, but I can feel clearly that you, that you are, uh, you have an open heart and are, and are seeking. And so you draw to you uh, uh, effortlessly what, what it is that you're looking for. And, and that, that's inspiring to me. And I'm sure it's inspiring to many people, people that know you and people that listen to you. So, so much love and blessings to you. Thank you so much for having me. That is so extremely kind of you. Thank you. I really felt that in my heart thank you so much for that <laughs> well indra definitely challenged me on the certain aspects of the questions and how i look at things so that was really in interesting and thank you so much for doing that indra um it's not without the other that we exist so if someone doesn't offer you a different perspective you can't evolve yourself so that's really always very interesting and if, if you feel triggered by certain things that might be said 
then that's really something that you could look at for yourself. So if someone offers you a different perspective, don't automatically go into defense mode, but try and notice, okay, why does this trigger me? Because triggers always say something about yourself. They say something about, oh, I don't actually want to see this part of myself, or they might show you that you are really not agreeing with some what someone might be saying about you. So that's something you could definitely check out for yourself. Um, this is, of course, the last episode before the new year. So if you are listening to this in 2021, I wish you a lovely, lovely way out. I hope you have a great New Year's Eve, even though there's the whole lockdown going on over here. I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you have a great time and I can't wait to see you in 2022. I have a really, really good feeling about 2022 and I am going to do a whole episode next week on goal setting in 2022 because goal setting is usually something that is done with throughout the mind instead of with our intuition and that's why we don't reach our goals. So if you are really into goal setting and you want to make some changes in your life, then the new year is always a great time to do that and... I really invite you to listen to the next episode. For now, I hope you guys have a great time on New Year's Eve and I cannot wait to see you in the next year. Love you. Bye.